Hey, thanks so much for listening to this message. My name is Jason, and I'm one of the ministers here at the Madison Church of Christ. It's our hope and prayer that the teaching you hear today will bless your life and draw you closer to God. If you're ever in the Madison area, we'd love for you to stop by and study the Bible with us on Sundays at 5 p.m. or Wednesdays at 7 p.m. If you have questions about the Bible or want to know more about the Madison Church, you can find us online at madisonchurch.org. Be sure to subscribe to this podcast as well as our sermons podcast, Madison Church of Christ Sermons. Thanks again for stopping by. I hope this study is a blessing to you. All right, I'm excited about this next part and yet terrified, but um, I think we're all going to kind of go through it together. We're going to laugh a lot. We're going to be uncomfortable a lot. Uh, We're going to bring brown bags next week, so when you walk in, if you just want to go ahead and put it on, you can. We are going to try to use terms that that are um, uncommon to be heard in a Bible class, okay? And um, I don't know why this is. It just seems so awkward to me that this is the case. But, you know, in all the things that we talk about within the church, we do a lot of talking about sexual sin, and we'll, we'll share some of those passages that talk about that today. Uh, but what we don't do enough of is actually talk about how to present this to our children and how to guide them through it. And I'm not going to tell you at all that we're going to have all the answers. We're going to talk about a way to go about it. We're going to talk about some things that, that uh, I think will be practical. But I guarantee you there are people in this room who have already been on top of this and done a good job with it. And I want you to speak up and share like maybe some of the thoughts that you've had or some of the ways that you have approached this. We're going to start out tonight with something that is not spiritual, okay? It's not. It's not. It's actually a video from, I don't know, it feels like a long time ago, okay? But it's a video of parents trying to talk to their children about sex. So there are going to be a few words. Just understand, we're all adults in here, right? All right, that's good. So let's, uh, let's watch this video, and then I want to get your feedback on the video of what you hear. I think... Oh, no, you worked earlier. What in the world? Here we go. It's going to be loud. Do you know why we're here today? Okay, well, I don't know if they say that anymore, but my daddy was little. They called it the birds and the bees. And mama, they don't even tell her in China where babies came from. She had to find out all by herself. Oh, that's my mommy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We don't talk about it. So she was pretty surprised when we came along. So, you know where babies come from? Belly, duh. From where? Belly, duh. Who's Belly? My mom. <laughs> and how did the baby get in there? Duh. I'm not sure how. Sperm egg collide, Bella. Alien sperm egg collide. What did you learn that from? Nick. Duh. Who's Nick? Close together. 
But we're going to tell you about how babies are made. Would you like to know how babies are made? Men and bottles. Humans are men and bottles. Yeah, I knew it. That's true. I knew it. I really knew it. I, oh my gosh, I'm so smart. Making babies. No. Yeah. Spot right here. Okay. Okay. So how did you get in the turtle? There's seats by. Yep. No, there's got two seats up there. Details. 
Okay, so there's nothing about sex that you want to know from me or or babies. Nothing. No. There's lots of lots of sperms floating around. One of these guys will make it, and then he'll start trying to dig his way through the eggs wall. The eggs wall is really really thick. Why do they want to do that? Um, that's just what they're programmed to do. So they how do they like, get how do they get through? Do they chomp the way through with their teeth, or do they just? I don't have squishy. Like I'm even. <laughs> How did your Thea Alice have her baby? She went in her butt. Okay, tell me how the baby gets out. What happened? Did it come through the bottom? The butt? <laughs> well, it, um. Okay. No, she didn't come out of the butt. Oh, it came out of her vagina. It comes out of her vagina. Oh, the vagina, right? The vagina. <laughs> <laughs> How do you pronounce it? Called vagina. 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 Yeah. See this pocket? Yeah. Okay. The pocket is the vagina. Okay. And in order to have a child. <laughs> it goes inside of it, and the sperm comes out of the penis into the vagina, and that's how the sperm is the sperm. And in order to create and continue the cycle of life, we have to have intercourse. What is sex? Anybody relate to these, this conversation, what you just watched? Anybody? Okay, all right. Give me your observations of it. And I'm, I mean, seriously, as you're looking at this, if you're the parent and you're on one side of that table and your child is on the other, how did the parents do? And uh, explain, like, what happened from start to finish. Anything. Anything that jumped out to you at all. Yeah. Okay. All right. So that's something to think about later. We'll, we'll talk about that a little bit later. Yes. Who, who else? Yes. I feel like they were sending mixed signals. They were saying, like, it's not a bad thing, but I'm going to spell it. Like, yeah. Yeah. Spell it. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah, I thought I caught that too. Yes. Yep, I agree. Yes, sir. Yeah, they're mixing it up like Kool Aid. Yeah, <laughs> that was something. What else? Yes. Yeah. Yep. Yes, sir. That's true. They had some awareness of at least some of the technical terms. I may not have known everything, but pretty good. Yeah. Absolutely. What else? Yes, sir. Yep. And I think that's that's part of the point here is that we're not ready for this, right? That's that's part of the challenge that we've had, you know, in bringing up our kids is things are happening faster than we're ready to divulge, right? That we're ready to talk to them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Anyone else? Anything else that jumped out to you? Yes. Okay. If you make it something that's, yeah, a little bit awkward. Because it's something that we keep private, right? It's something that, you know, it's not a show. Like, we don't, we don't let our kids in on what's happening, right? And so, you know, that, from that standpoint, there is some secrecy to it, even in our own world that we don't we're not ready to share those things out loud yes all you gotta do is teach the oldest one one. (laughs) (laughs) apparently nick did a good job yeah (laughs) pretty good job and nick stopped at just the right time didn't he what else anything else that jumped out to you it just goes to show that i mean the kids for the most part again back to the silly comment i mean they'll only they're pretty good at taking news as the parents who make it a big deal. Yeah. They're hearing from their friends, and they probably had some laughs, but for the most part, they're like, okay. That's they're awesome. getting it, you know, when the kids, the parents are using too many visual aids, you got math class going on. They got yeah. diagrams, <laughs> and that's immediately like, what are they deflecting from? Yeah. Because that's what we do in any kind of matter. It's the same thing as you shelter your kids from all this until they grow up, and you send them off to college, and we ask why they leave the church and anything else. It's not complicated. Right. Because you can't just bubble up and not address things, and then throw them out and say, figure it out, figure it out, figure it out. You're right. You're right. You want to teach? That was, no. that was really good. <laughs> yeah. Who else? Cut the little boy when he covered his ears. Like, he was done at that point. So, so uh, pick up on those signals when we're talking to our children, right? Pick it up later. He didn't want to hear anymore at that point. Very good. I don't know that I would know the technical terms. Like, if, you're, if, if they were to come at me and say, well, how does that work? I mean, I think I might giggle a little bit because I don't know. I don't know what the theory, you know. Siri, I need to know real fast. Yeah. <laughs> I like you, you, just to be prepared for 
Not that my kids would ask those questions, but you never know. Yeah, you never know. What else? Anyone else? Absolutely. Whenever you say, no pun intended, you know what's going to happen. I mean, like, you lost that. Nobody heard a word you said. I don't even know what he said. (laughs) It was like a wave, man. What did you say? (laughs) Okay, yeah. That's good. All right, anything else? Anything? Yes. Right. And that was a little concerning from like the perspective of preventing abuse. Right. To not know even the proper terminology. And I know this wasn't a, a Christian video, but kind of the perspective of like when two people love each other very much and get married, I don't know, maybe a false without, but I, that's how I was taught, like that idyllic situation. But in reality, that's not how it works. And so I don't like the proper time to talk about that, but you know that's not. I don't know. That's not like the scientific piece of it. I love what you just said. I'm gonna come back to it in a minute. Yeah. Go ahead. The importance of proper term terminology is important in this day and age. And we were at the doctor's office today, and the doctor was using terms, and it was like maybe it's time I do talk with Leanne about. A certain anatomical, so she knows. Right. Because I don't want her to continue seeing it as this fairy tale or this um, imaginary thing. It needs to have an actual name. Right. Not just down there, up there, over there. Right, and I, I like how you're putting that because on some level, the way we do things like SCX or the way we do things that we throw the air quotes or, or whatever, we're basically telling the kid we're not, really, we're not really clear on what that is or we don't feel confident in it or it's, it's another name for it or it's a, you know, and, you know, I think it is important to give them the real words for what we're talking about. But I also think in time, guys, we're going to have to let them know what the crass words are because they're not going to know what they mean and they're going to feel silly and stupid. And, my, and in my view, our, our challenge and the thing that we need to be thinking about is how do we prep them so when they hear certain things, they know. And there's a confidence about them that they can handle that situation. And they will come across so mature if they know what they're talking about. Right? And so we want to equip them with that. Yes, sir? I think Right. That, that makes more of a either mystery, good or bad type thing. Like, I, I want to know more. I'm going to find out. You kind of normalize saying the names and the words and, and the terminology that, to me, we just make it more comfortable for them to be open to talking about more. Right. Anything else? You picked up a lot of the 
Right. Yep. Great. Fantastic. What? Yes, ma'am. Crass terms, yeah. Or the derogatory. Yeah. I give her a couple different things that I think she may hear so that she will know just because you didn't hear this term, this is just a derogatory mm. way that you might see it. If you hear that, it means the same thing, but it's right. usually meant in a bad way, you know, something like that. So, and I feel bad because I don't know. Should I be exposing her to this? Mm -hmm. But I would rather tell her than to have her hear from someone else. Right. And then they have that kind of, I don't want her asking somebody else. That's my point. Absolutely. I think, I think you're right on top of it. Yep. Yes. Let me give you one more thing to think about, too, with regard to the video. Something that jumped out to me is as I watched it, I watched the awkwardness at the very beginning. But did you notice that as those conversations went on, the kids became more and more comfortable, and the parents might be giggling through the new stuff that they were presenting, but did you notice how their kids were kind of dialing in a little bit better? I mean, the youngest uh, boy, I think he was a little bit like, just, I don't want to hear anymore, blah, 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 you know, and he was turned off, right? But... You know, the, the kid with the longer hair, uh, the, the daughter, the, the older boy who learned so much from Nick. Like, did you notice to begin with, he was saying things like, duh, duh, duh. He was, you know, he was definitely awkward. And then as the conversation went, it got to, you know, I'm not actually sure about that. Did you see the change in the comfort level from that child from the beginning of that conversation to the end? Now, what does that tell us? Just talk to them. I like to feed off of us, too. I mean, how you handle it. Um, you know, using all the, the pockets and the fake terms and the silly terms and <laughs> laughing it off. I mean, those parents were, were very, very uncomfortable with it. Right. You know? and, and our frame of reference as adults is different, too, right? I work in the medical field. Parts is parts. Yeah. It, it's just... It's like, it's, like the hardware store. I mean, it was straight up, no hold barred. He was locked in the truck, and he wasn't going anywhere. <laughs> <laughs> we, we, had, we were 45 minutes early, and it took all of it. But the crazy thing, I mean, I felt like reading him, that he was mature enough to handle the conversation. But it was all the words. It was all the words. And how the words went together, I mean, it was straight up. And I mean, I don't know. The end, I asked him, I said, what would you, you think? He said, well, that was like the weirdest conversation we've ever had. <laughs> but he said, I'm glad we had it. 
Mm-hmm. Right, because he had some misconceptions. But just the comfort level of parents, I think if the parents are comfortable talking about it, then I think the kids can be more comfortable and receptive of the information we're trying to give them. I love it. So we, we obviously have younger kids. My question is, when do I know that they're ready before they get misconceptions? Mm-hmm. Like, you know, it does start earlier. So at what point do I... Do we have those conversations, the beginnings of the conversations, without taking away their innocence when they're so little? Mm-hmm. That's a great question. We're going to talk about all that. Yes? I guess my question would be, do we have to make it so official, which I think in turn makes it so awkward, that we're like, let's sit down now and talk about this? Mm-hmm. I don't know. I guess that for us having a boy and a girl so close in age, Yeah. Let, let me synchronize the first part of this class and the second part of this class. What do we say about Deuteronomy 6? We said that we're supposed to talk to our children about God's precepts when we rise up, when we walk by the wayside, when we gather at the table, and when we go to bed. Right? The idea is there's a perpetual conversation about God's truth. It's the same thing with this. You know, I think... Some of our more awkward devotionals at home as a family were when we said, all right, everybody gather around. You know, okay, everybody ready? Okay, everybody, mine's right. You know, like we, we're better just, let me say, hey, guys, let me share with you all a biblical concept that we need to learn. And it happens in the moment. Like whatever happened, we can address it right now with Scripture. And that is really that kind of on, along the wayside and when you're talking with your children about those kinds of things. So I think this is an important conversation to have for sure. And we're going to talk about how early, how late. I'll I'll go ahead and break the seal here a little bit. I started talking to my children at the age of six. Okay? I began the conversation at six. Not anything like over-the-top formal, just in the car. And somebody said that when someone does this, la, 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 that's when you know they're done. That's all they can manage. All right? That's all they can handle in that moment. So I just wait kind of... Put that little marker down, and that's where we'll get to next time, and I'll go a little bit further from then on. We'll talk a little bit more about how that works. All right, I want to make sure we get what I wanted to get in here real quickly. Um, So why is this so awkward? We talked about all these different things. I'll throw these up here. It's an adult topic, and it's a child audience. That's what makes it really, really awkward, right? And uh, we don't want to rob them of their innocence. That's one of the things that was said. We think of this as a private matter. You know, there's really not a good way to go about this, per se. Uh, how many of your parents modeled it for you? I'm seeing very few hands. Raise them up, please, seriously. We want to applaud you. Okay, good job. Good job to your parents. All right, a few of you did. Uh, how uncomfortable was it? I mean, you know, it is what it is. My dad took me in and talked to me about frogs and tadpoles. I mean... I just giggled the whole time. That's all I did, you know, and eventually we started piecing things together a little bit more, and what I found was the comfort of my dad was willing to answer questions, and so I could go to him and ask those questions. Yeah, there are times where it gets awkward. When you become a teenager, it's a little bit, it's a little bit weird, right? But also, I think this is true that the sexual culture has forced our hand a little too early, 
And that's part of why we need to talk to our children about this. You know, in a, in a perfect world, we could just say to them, abstain from sex. When you get married, you can enjoy that completely. And we can sell our children on the joy and the blessing and the awesomeness of sex inside of marriage, guilt-free, able to explore it and to enjoy it with no burdens, with no you know, regrets, with none of those things, right? That's, that's what we really need to be embedding in their hearts, okay? And that should be enough. But we're in a world that glamorizes everything else besides that. And so because of that and the, the sexuality that is pushed in our face on everything, I mean, I can't stand a commercial. I mean, I can't, if I can turn the TV off for, for commercials or ads or whatever, I, it's awful right now. It is awful what is being pushed uh, and, and put in front of our kiddos. But it's also in games, in movies, shows, commercials. And then there's all kinds of sexual advancements taking place right now. The last time I taught this class, we didn't even know what LGBTQ was. And I'm serious about that. We didn't, that wasn't something that we threw up on the screen anywhere. All right? So that was in 2015 was the last time I, I taught this class. And can you, can you just for a second wrap your brain around that, about how much has advanced in that regard since that time? Yes, sir. Yep. You're right. You're right. So if they're in kindergarten, first grade, they're how old? So how early do you need to get ahead of that? That's terrifying, right? It's it's sickening to think that we have to talk to our children about such an adult thing at such a young age. Yes, sir, Kirk. Absolutely. All right, any other comments before I move on to this next thing? Yes. Absolutely, and that's that's exactly what I'm. Why we're doing this class is is <laughs> is because one, um, this is this is a spiritual thing, guys. We're going to get not this week, next week. We'll probably get into Genesis two, and I want to sell you on the beauty and the value of biblical marriage. I'm going to do my dead level best to sell you on the value and the joy of biblical marriage. When we do it right, it is more than a blessing to us. It is a blessing to us, our children, and to generations forever. I believe that. If we do it right, 
Now, if we get off balance, if we're not the husbands we need to be, if we're not the wives we need to be, if we reverse some cycles instead of in, in using the cycle that God gives us, the, the love and respect model in the Scriptures, we're going to find ourselves choking out the other person, giving our children a view that is dysfunctional in our marriage relationships, and they're less likely to desire that. And they're more likely to begin to explore other ways to receive that pleasure and that joy that comes, should be, only in marriage. Right, so we have to be very careful. Yes, sir? Yes. 10, 11, something like that, yeah. It's about honoring God. I mean, when you really gel it down, it's about doing things the way God has asked us to do them. And the enjoyment of that and the fulfillment of it that takes place. I remember when we got married, okay? And Cindy and I, I don't say this to brag, by the grace of God, okay? We were able to abstain until we got married. And that is such a blessing for us. I can tell my kids that. You know, that is such a thing that we can, we, we can be excited about. But I remember at the wedding, we got into the car, went through the car wash about 10 times, you know, went back, said goodbye to a few folks, got in the car, and we're driving down the road, and we're like exhausted, but we're like, here we go, you know, we're, I'm, my hand's on the little uh, gear shift, and she's holding it, and I'm like, so we're good, right? That's it? And he just had to say, we're, you know, I do, and we said I do, and then, okay, so we're, we're good, you know. I remember that switch is not easy to flip, Right? And uh, even though you may think in your mind that, that that is going to be, you know, something just so easy to pull off, for me it was not because, again, I had told myself for my own protection, no, no, no. And, wow. I'm like on slide two, three. All right, here we go. Let's move. All right. Parable of the weeds. This is really good in, in Matthew chapter 13. You may not think this applies to this, but I do. I think it applies to a lot of different things. We're going to read this real quickly. Uh, parable of the weeds. Now, we know that parables are meant to help open the eyes of people who could think spiritually, right? They're, they're uh, messages that had like a meaning that they could kind of understand and connect with on an earthly level, but it also had a duplicate meaning that had something more spiritually deep to it, all right? So here's Jesus talking. He put another parable before them saying, The kingdom of heaven may be compared to a man who sowed good seed in his field. But while his men were sleeping... His enemy came and sowed weeds among the wheat and went away. So when the plants came up and bore grain, then the weeds appeared also. 
And the servants of the master of the house came and said to him, Master, did you not sow good seed in your field? How then does it have weeds? He said to them, An enemy has done this. So the servant said to him, Well, then do you want us to go out and gather them? But he said, No, lest in gathering the weeds you root up the wheat along with them. Let both grow together until harvest, and at harvest time I will tell the reapers, Gather the weeds first, bind them in bundles to be burned, but gather the wheat into my barn. Okay, so you may go, huh, what does that have to do with sex? Well, here is, in my view, what the application of this parable is with regard to this topic. First of all, there's a culture clash between what the world's morality is and what God's will is. Okay, we need to acknowledge that. What God wants for our lives is not what the world is chasing. The world is chasing their, their God, which is the devil. And he is throwing all kinds of things at us, anything that takes us away from God. So there's a multiplicity of things that 100% is about us pleasing ourselves. And he has sold us on these things. So as, as we have been silent or asleep, the enemy has infiltrated our world. What did we say in the church? Have we ever talked about this? No, we have not. So we have been silent. And as we have been silent... The rest of the world is advancing their movements, and it's putting it right in front of us. So the devil has sown sinful behaviors in the world, and we see that today in everywhere we turn. I'm just going to do this because that's easier. So God, the owner, is allowing us to grow side by side with the weeds. Did you catch that? They asked, do we go out there and do we pull those weeds up? And what did he say? No, wait till harvest. You know, at harvest, I'll... We'll do the separation at that point. So God is allowing us to grow side by side with the weeds. We live together with this evil, sharing the field and the harvest. You know, I'm reminded of that passage in John 17 when Jesus is praying to God, and he says, not that they can be taken out of the world, for that would be ridiculous, but I want them to be protected from the world. I want them to be unified. And he goes on to say, sanctify them in your truth. Your word is truth. In other words, Put them together in unity, but make that unity come from the principles that, that God has given us. But then God's not going to remove it. He expects us to grow in spite of it. Did you catch that? We're going to be in the midst of a lot of terrible things. Now, why is it that God doesn't want us to be taken out of that? This just doesn't seem right, right? It seems like he would want the best for us, and the best for us is to be isolated and all that. Why does he not want us to be isolated? Exactly. Okay. Awesome. What else? There's other reasons, I think. Exactly. Like, how in the world can we change the world if we ourselves are so isolated that we don't have an influence on the world? Right? We've got to be, we got to understand that God expects us, in the midst of all of this crazy, to still be digging our roots deep and growing. And then God ultimately will harvest the grain, burden the weeds. And then it's up to us to prepare the soil for ourselves and also for our children. That's, that's, the, that's the application of this parable. So what do you want? Do you want you or do you want society to have the impact on your kids? Because if you choose not to, society is going to take them. Listen to this. I thought this was so appropriate for this particular uh, class, but also just following up that 
that parable. Colossians 2, 6 through 8. And now just, because, just as you accepted Christ Jesus as your Lord, you must continue to follow Him and let your roots grow down into Him. Let your lives be built upon Him and then your faith will grow strong in the truth that you were taught and you will overflow with thankfulness. Don't let anyone capture you with empty philosophies and high-sounding nonsense, which that is what our world is filling our minds with today, and, high, uh, and, and come from human thinking and, f- and from the spiritual powers of this world rather than from Christ. God has given us all that we need here. It's up to us to hold on to it. I want to share with you one more thing real quickly here. I, you probably can't see this. Who most influences your decision? This, this survey was done in 2018, so still four years ago, but still not that long ago. Notice what it says here, and I hope you can see this. Who influences most your decisions about sex? It's parents. Do you see that? Like These are people who could say anything they wanted to. And what did they say? Ages 12 to 15, parents are the most influential people on how their children view sexuality. Now, notice something, though, a fearful thought is that you see there, the next layer of that is what? They're friends. So it's 52% for parents, 17% for friends. But as they roll to age 16, 17, 18, 19, see the trend, right? There's a passage, right, where the friends and, and the people that they're hanging out with, they begin to have more influence on them, and parents begin to diminish in their influence, okay? So what does that tell you? We've got to start early. We've got to start early. Earlier than we want to. Earlier than is comfortable. We'll stop there. Love you guys. We'll look forward to next week and getting into Genesis chapter 2 a little bit.